Hi all, I'm Dan Smegrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Thursday, May 14th, 2020, and you're watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. We have a great show for you today. It's pay-per-view service for Matterport 3D virtual tours, and our guest today is Scott McKenzie. Hey, Scott, good to see you again. Good to be here. Thanks, Dan. Scott is the director of Home Plan NZ, and if you're from New Zealand, that would be NZ in Lower Hutt, New Zealand. Uh, Scott's been on the show with us before. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, today, we're going to jump into pay-per-view service for Matterport 3D virtual tours. Uh, Scott, why don't we start with a, a, a demo? Let's take a look at one of your pay-per-view tours so we understand what we're talking about for today's show. Yep, sounds good. I'll share that screen, Dan. There we go. Have you got that screen up? Good. Yep. So uh, thank, thanks, Dan, for having us here again. Uh, we'll, we'll start maybe for, uh, for viewers to understand uh, what we're talking about before we get into the detail of it uh, with, with a quick um, walkthrough from the from the user's perspective. Um, so the, the screen that we're showing at the moment, uh, it's a relatively straightforward marketing screen really. So I imagine this was a, a customer's website, be it a museum exhibition, whatever it happens to be. And it's a page that they would implement to sort of present that there is a online experience that can be accessed from here. Uh, the example that we're using here is the old jail museum. Now that's a, um, a heritage building we have here in Lower Hutt, and it's set up to give a bit of insight into the law and order as it was practiced in New Zealand a hundred years ago. Years ago. Um, from the user perspective, they want to know what this is all about. So there's a couple of things on this page. Uh, one being the ability to have a free uh, preview of the tour, which I will take you into shortly. And then there's the ability to actually go ahead, purchase a ticket and start the complete virtual tour. Now, as pay-per-view on virtual tours is a relatively new concept. In fact, as far as we're aware, we're the first to uh, put this together. It's useful to describe uh, to the potential audience what they're going to get. So in this case, we have just a couple of screenshots of the venue and what they will see once they go in there. We talk a little about as to who the host of this uh, venue is. And uh, in this case, it's a charitable society and they're going to use the funds raised from this uh, pay-per-view to help them support their heritage buildings. Um, then just jumping down, you can see here, we just described to the user what's included in the tour. So we give them a bit of a guidance as to how long we think it would take the average visitor to explore. In this case, this is about a 10 to 20 minute uh, tour. That's how long we would expect someone to have a look around and experience all the um, items or experiences within. Uh, then on top, we say, even though it only will take you 10 to 20 minutes, uh, when you buy a ticket, it grants uh, user access for up to 90 minutes. So you've got time to step away, grab a cup of coffee, come back in if you need to. Um, it tells you once you buy your ticket, you need to activate it within 24 hours of purchase. And it gives you how you're able to pay for this online and, of course, what the entry fee is. Um, so, again, this isn't in our pay-per-view system. This is just a, 
uh, a simple mock-up of a page that a host would put up to, um, to promote that a tour exists. Do you want me to jump into that now, Dan? Yeah, uh, maybe we could take a look at that free preview. Okay. Now, people are used to virtual tours being used as a gateway through to a value proposition. I know that sounds very technical. Um, if you're wanting to sell a house, then um, the payback is the sale of the house. The virtual tour is the way you make it happen. This is a slightly different mindset in that the, the value we're trying to derive is the experience of the virtual tour itself. So it's a good idea to put a free preview up, which gives you the ability for them to get a bit of a taste of what they're paying for. Um, so here we are. Um, now, I, I am going to stop talking just briefly because there is narration in this particular tour. Welcome to this preview of the Petonio Old Jail 3D Virtual Tour. The entry to the jail is around the right of the main building. So what we're currently looking at is a, uh, is a Matterport 3D tour with MPM bed uh, as an overlay on it. It has all the standard functions here. It is just, at this stage, we're not within pay-per-view. We're just showing what is going to be in the pay-per-view. Um, you can do all the normal things you can do in a virtual tour in terms of zooming and walking around and the like. In this case, um, for this tour, we use uh, MPM beds um, description features and narration features. In 1840, Petoni became the first European settlement in New Zealand. So I'm just going to skip ahead here and jump down towards the particular tour. Built in 1908, the law in 1993, a new police station was opened in Jackson Street. In 1990. Please select the link on the tag in front of you to purchase your ticket. So, and then explore the Petonia Old Jail Museum. Thank you, my dear. Uh, we've skipped through uh, the first part of the experience there just to show people how this particular virtual tour is constructed. The tour itself is through this particular door. You'll notice I can't go in. I've gone as far as I can. And I have the ability here uh, to click on a, a tag which will take us through to purchase the ticket and begin the actual uh, virtual tour. Um, so this type of preview is a good way of um, outlining to a potential paying customer what they're going to get before they actually enter into that tour. Um, Dan, shall I just, I, I'm likely to go very quickly because I know this stuff very well. Um, do you have any questions before I jump ahead further? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of torn between whether we should click on the matter tag in, in order to activate or go back to the landing page. I, I, how about we go back to the landing page and look at that and we'll presume that that button would do the same thing. Uh, absolutely correct. And uh, Scott, in terms of that uh, Matterport 3D tour preview, uh, are there two different tours that are provided to you? One is the is exactly what we saw, could not walk past the front door, and then the full tour that's provided uh, for the pay-per-view. So everything you see on this first page is, uh, is uh, advice and developments that either the host can do or the, the 3D technician, um, the person who's produced and scanned, can provide for them. Um, yes, the preview is a separate tour. 
it's basically we encourage the 3D technician to take two versions of the tour and then process them differently to restrict its access. Um, we don't need to have that within our pay-per-view system because we haven't actually got to our pay-per-view system yet. We're just articulating maybe a few of the techniques we would suggest that people use to help market and um, gain the paying customer. Okay, sounds great. I'm ready to, to uh, pay-per-view. Okay. So I'm going to head in now to the next stage. And this is the gateway where we switch over from being on the host's website, um, opening up into uh, the pay-per-view system that we've developed. Um, just to quickly orientate you on the screen, um, what we're looking at is a description of the tour that's been provided. It has a backdrop. Uh, that's a static image, again, that the host can provide. It can be whatever they want it to be. Um, we're in a, uh, a window that has minimal branding, and I'll, I'll come back to why maybe it needs to have home plan on it um, when it comes to ticket sales. But it's actually able to be configured. For example, this could be the host's logo and can say other things in 3D tours at the top. So it's, it's designed to be very clean and simple. Scott, um, excuse me, is this, is this your landing page on behalf of the client? So, yes. so you control this page. You Correct. design uh, home plan uh, designs this landing page with the artwork text input from the client. Correct. So we um, we spend a bit of time with the client understanding what the experience is, how long it would take, and how best to present it. And this is a standard format page that is really the the gateway into. <laughs> Uh, the, the pay-per-view um, engine that we've built. Um, so it can, under um, with some customization, it's a, we'll come back to that later. As I mentioned at the top, it could have the client's logo at the top, so it very much looks like it's part of their site. Um, but this is the point we've changed over, and you'll note that we're actually on a home plan site um, up in the URL now. Okay. Um, other little features we have added in here, uh, there is a, uh, some user tips there provided, uh, the terms and conditions of use, and a way if there are any issues when they're playing with the tour, they can have a look at known issues. Um, there are some very small ones in Lithuania that we found, um, or they can contact us to do those things. So we provide a bit of guidance too before they get through the paywall. Um, so um, coming back to the specifics of this tour, um, this you see is a summary of what was on the previous page that we are uh, about to go into the old jail with a short description of it. The tour time is uh, 10 to 20 minutes, but the ticket lasts for 90 minutes and must be used in 24 hours. Uh, we have an entry fee. We'll come back maybe to the currencies uh, available for that. And they can proceed here and go through and purchase a ticket. When they hit this button here, it opens up a uh, paywall. So this is, um, as you see, a standard, people will be used to seeing the credit card type options um, where they enter their details, uh, they enter their credit card details and click purchase. And when they go through that process, they'll receive a uh, electronic receipt, it'll be emailed to them. They'll immediately receive a ticket, uh, a ticket code uh, that uh, will be in their email, but also come straight back into this interface so they can use it to start the tour. I'm not going to proceed and, and, um, and pay on this one. 
Um, I, I was I've... hoping to watch your credit card be entered there. <laughs> um, you, you might be disappointed at the result. Okay, so I see that you just pasted the activation code. Correct. So had, had they proceeded and made the payment, they would have been returned to the screen and their code would have been automatically entered there, ready to go. And you'll notice it's done a quick uh, check of that code and told us it's okay. And it's given us a bit of a reminder um, that once you start activating the tour, you can use it for 90 minutes from that point in time. So would you like me to go ahead now and start the tour then? Um, then just to be really sure, we give them a secondary message. Are you sure? This starts the tour and activates your ticket. Have you got your coffee? Are you ready to go? And in this case, yes, we are. So you'll see there's just a discrete change has happened to the screen now. We've gone to a darker background. We have a, a, um, the tour itself opening. Welcome to the Petoni Old Jail 3D Virtual Tour. The entry to the jail is around the right of the main building. Come on around. Um, so a couple of uh, features you'll see have appeared. Um, one is that we're working within a, a window here. And that window is exactly as you would expect to see when you're normally using a Matterport um, or MP embed overlaid uh, tour. All the standard functions again. The things that are a little bit different, um, one is you'll see at the top here, we have a timer. Uh, so it's currently counting down from one hour, 30 minutes or 90 minutes. That's the time that we told the user that they had to experience this tour. Um, and now that clock is continuous from the time they activate the ticket. So if they were to close this browser window and um, come back and open that ticket up again uh, in a half hour's time, then a half hour would have come off that clock. It's not continuous use. It's from the time they activate the ticket. And really that's designed as this is uh, for a person to sit down and experience this end to end. Um, and that is what they're paying for. Um, having the ability to come back tomorrow or three days later um, would necessitate another ticket, just like if you were visiting in person. Um, some other features you'll see on this page, you'll see there's a little warning up in the corner. Um, this is for this naughty red button up in the corner. That's designed when you're finished, finished. So if you have uh, ex explored the place and you want to end your ticket and you do not want to come back again, and if you come back again, you'll buy another ticket, you hit this red button in the corner. And it's pretty good at warning you <laughs> when you go there um, to, um, to only hit it if you're really sure. Um, some other things in this window you see, you can still full screen um, as you can in normal Matterport, all the normal help buttons and uh, things work uh, within as you would have within a standard tour. Uh, you still have, uh, if you need them, basic information. Um, some of the features you'll see here, and I'm just going to, sorry, I'm, I've got screens in front of screens. I'm just going to jump into the tour to avoid some of that narration we've already heard. Um, now, in 1993, here we are. Please. This cell has been converted into the museum's entrance. Please take the time to read the stories presented on the various boards around the room. So if you compare this to the demonstration, you couldn't come in this far. Um, in the other example, now you can. And um, you can, as you can with any tour, go for a bit of a wander and have a look around this tour. And Check out the fine workmanship and years of wear and tear on these two-inch thick cell doors. Now what you'll notice, uh, Dan, in this tour is that um, we have 
spent the time to enrich the content so that a, uh, a user is engaged and rather than just looking at 3D imagery, they can explore, they can pause to read or to listen to narration. They can basically um, treat it as if they were there in person and, um, and generally convert from just a, a 3D walk around, if you like, into an experience that's worthy of spending, in this case, 10 to 20 minutes of your time. In this case, the, um, the posters on the wall, the storytelling boards, even though they are relatively visible within the 3D, having them in there uh, using matter tags uh, as a um, high quality image means you can actually spend some time looking at them and, uh, and reading them. Uh, a similar concept applies uh, for, for video. Um, in this case, uh, this particular venue has been used uh, for the Christmas parades and things in the area. Uh, so they asked, could we put in uh, to the, uh, the Christmas <laughs> events that were held there um, as a YouTube video. So we've done that as well. So aside from those things, you'll probably get the feeling that this just starts to look and feel like Matterport. And that's kind of the point, really. It shouldn't be complicated. It shouldn't be different. It's just the ability for you to go through that tour and have a look around and spend some time uh, in return. The display in this cell shows a series of photographs depicting views of Jackson Street from 1900 to 1930. Uh, this particular tour is quite short. It is um, relatively small, but hopefully, Dan, you can see the applications if you were... In this cell, you can read about the World War I peace celebrations. Sorry, I keep interrupting here. Um, if we were in a larger venue, you'd see the applications and how what here might be a 10 to 20 minute experience uh, could easily be uh, an hour, two hour experience in a full blown uh, museum or exhibition. So this is great. We've seen examples of matter tags um, and then with using MP embed a uh, overlay for Matterport Showcase, the ability to add uh, narration that's activated as you step on that puck, that Great. scan. Yes, um, as, a, as a starting point, um, uh, people's experience of 3D virtual tours uh, is often as a way of promoting something else. So I mentioned before, you want to sell your house, get a virtual tour, it'll engage people and hopefully lead to a successful sale. So the payback becomes the sale of the house. Um, using 3D tours for, for venue hire exhibitions, um, often it's presenting a snippet or a taste of what that's like to encourage someone to come and attend in person and the payback comes when they attend in person and pay a, a hireage fee or a rental fee or eat at that restaurant. Um, this is a different mindset. Uh, this is where the virtual experience is the payback. It's what the person is paying to do and see. So uh, do, you, do you have some uh, categories that you think are best, best use cases for pay-per-view? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think the most um, 
the strongest use case, um, or, or there's probably two side by side. Number, number one is museums. Um, now, museums are often uh, government funded. Um, they um, often charge a small entry fee to help cover their overheads. Um, they capture uh, our heritage. They, they, they show things that are of interest to us. And uh, you don't tend to go to a museum every day, but certainly when you go to a different city or country, you tend to be drawn to that type of venue to learn a bit more about the culture. Um, now, it's tough times with COVID-19 and many of those venues are shut, some shut for some time and uh, travel is very restricted. So um, I, I've been lucky enough to, been to, to have been to the Louvre <laughs> in, in France. Um, if I wanted to go today, I couldn't. So uh, having a, a, a museum um, that has a, a large floor space is a big opportunity uh, for a 3D technician to capture it and then enrich it and then give the ability of that museum to show its wares to a global audience um, and um, ultimately generate some revenue or some payback uh, for doing that. Um, in addition to all the other benefits of having a digital record um, of those types of environments. Um, hand in hand with that use case would be exhibitions, very similar. The, the point of an exhibition is to draw people in, um, to experience it, to look, to read, to understand, talk about it. And often that is um, in, in return for an entry fee. Very hard to do um, in a COVID-19 world. Um, so again, having an exhibition prepared and uh, having it um, uh, presented digitally in return for a small fee as a way for them to gain that payback that they desperately need. So um, there's like two or three categories, uh, museums, historic locations, um, exhibitions. Are, are there other categories that you think play well for pay-per-view? Well, certainly any tourist destina destination that's able to be converted, as long as it can be enriched so that someone wants to spend some time in there digitally or virtually, it's worth doing. Um, I'll jump to a, a quite a separate use case, uh, which is charity fundraising. And that may be a virtual walkthrough where, and I don't mean this in any negative light, but it might not be a, a big museum or a big exhibition. It might just be a house that's been kitted out with a whole lot of Christmas surprises in it. And it's to raise funds for the local um, orphanage or cancer society or something of the like. Um, that's another great use for pay-per-view and that you can encourage the supporters of that cause to come online and rather than just make a donation, they get something in return for that. Uh, you know, I, I would say in the United States, my impression is a tour of homes to benefit charity is really a big category. Uh, there are a number of Matterport service providers that have talked about uh, scanning homes for that purpose. Uh, I think interestingly, uh, sometimes, and this happens with museums and exhibitions as well, there's some pushback of, oh, we don't want to show the museum or the historic site or the exhibition because we want people to come in person. 
So we don't want them to experience our space for free. We want them to come to our space. So I think you've actually solved two or three puzzles. The first is now that objection goes away because you have a way to charge for the matter, the viewing of the Matterport tour. Uh, second, I think that uh, Home Plan has um, enabled. I mean, I, I I think about well, you and I have been lucky enough to go to the Louvre in Paris, um, but there are a lot of people that either aren't in driving distance of the Louvre or they can't afford to travel, yet they want to go see that museum. And so I think your pay, the home plan pay-per-view service actually en enables the museum, the historic site, the home tour, to go beyond driving distance, beyond flying distance, to, uh, to be able to attract a larger audience and, and maybe have virtual admissions uh, and both probably carry out the vision and mission of the nonprofit while at the same time generating revenue. And I, I know you've mentioned COVID-19. I, I suspect that, uh, that really this pay-per-view solution uh, will, will continue well beyond COVID-19. Uh, um, I'm, I'm certainly thinking of you know those home shows, the, the the tour of homes in the United States is an example of, wow, what a great compliment that now the nonprofit has two ways to have people tour the homes. So if you can't tour in person, you can still tour. Yeah, absolutely. That our our, our view um, coming into this, we we launched the idea of a pay-per-view last year and, and got it into our strategic planning. Um, we accelerated when uh, the pandemic came along. Um, the, the missing jigsaw piece has been how do I, um, I monetise or how do I get payback for a digital presentation of a space? So. Um, again, using a museum as an example, you can you can stand outside and admire the architecture for free. Uh, you can often come in the door for free, and you can often see a number of levels of exhibitions or displays for free. Uh, but then they'll have the content that you have to pay that twenty dollars to go and have a look at, and that's all designed <laughs> to to draw you in, um, so that eventually they have a way of um, either covering their overheads if it's a charitable endeavor or making profit if it's a for-profit endeavor. So what we've managed to do now is um, give them that option in the virtual space where you can absolutely still present things for free. You can absolutely give a taste of things for free, um, but you can also, uh, with the right enrichment, provide a paid experience in there um, that um, allows you to monetize. Cool, other, other categories of use cases, kinds of use cases? Uh, charity, um, nonprofit, that kind of transcends all kinds of spaces. A anything else that resonates for pay-per-view? Um, tourism is another crossover spot. It's, it's a bit similar to museums and the like. Uh, we have 
just by example, we have venues here in New Zealand that were specifically targeted for the foreign uh, visitors, the tourists to see when they visited New Zealand. Um, the ability to, to re-enable those given that our borders remain closed in the meantime. Um, and beyond that, I'm sure that travel will be um, restricted for a number of years to come. Um, but uh, yeah, e exhibitions, museums, uh, tourist destinations, charitable causes, um, and in the future, uh, remembering that what sits behind all this is a layer of security so that your, your tour is safe and, and people can't sort of copy it and freely distribute it, uh, that in itself will open it up to other applications in the future, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess I'm thinking, uh, uh, I've shot a museum in Atlanta, I've shot a historic uh, location in Athens, Georgia, um, I think it's, you know, it's interesting because it says, oh, maybe there's another use case to be able to go back to a client and, and say, um, you know, I, you, you, you didn't want to have us do the entire museum before because you were concerned about that no one would visit. So I, I think I would spark that in, in Matterport service providers watching our show today to, to say, hey, what clients have you already shot that this might inspire an opportunity to go back and, and have a different kind of question, uh, conversation? Yeah, and there's, there's a couple of categories within that, isn't there, Dan? One is they may have um, had a tour done to give a taste and now might be an opportunity to turn that taste into the whole meal, go back and shoot the whole, um, the whole location. Um, the second is even on an existing walkthrough to enrich it, um, rather than it being just a piece of digital interest. Some go, oh yeah, here's that place around the corner. I'll go for a quick walk. Oh, that was fun. And then move on with their day. Um, as we've done in the old jail example, create content that engages them, you know, take them on a bit of a journey, tell them a story, allow them to click on things, allow them to read additional content, see photos, but all those enrichments, things that can be done within a Matterport tour. And what it will do is change a casual visitor who might have spent two, three, four minutes out of curiosity looking at it to someone who spends a good half hour exploring that place and coming away thinking, wow, that was a really worthwhile half hour. I learned a lot in that time. Mm. So um, that presents an opportunity for those who are creating the tours because someone has to do that work. Uh... I'm going to come back later and ask you a question that that sparks on a different topic. But um, I, I noticed when we walked through the the uh, the old jail museum in Patone, New Zealand, that there were a lot of matter tags with a lot. Uh, thinking as a Matterport service provider, knowing how labor intensive it is uh, now, thinking about a much bigger space, a museum that may have hundreds of of paintings. Uh, my heart's a little bit frightened about managing all that uh, data. Um, you were a guest on our show talking about um, home plan, exporting and importing uh, matter tags. How about just giving us a few minutes about how that relates since it seems so relevant to historic sites and museums? Sure. Um, and, and of course, when, when you um, sit back and consider the different things that Home Plan have done with MetaTags, Pay-Per-View and uh, the OpenArc, you'll see that they're all fit together. There's a reason why we've developed these things because they all have a relationship to each other. 
Um, so you're right, um, on a large scale um, scan or project, you may have literally hundreds of those tags to create. And within the standard Matterport interface, it's a, a, a point and click, add, type in content or paste in content, very slow. It's also extremely slow if you are um, linking images because it, it has this little lag as it sort of buffers those images through. So it's easy to spend uh, a good 60 seconds per tag. And even that's probably when you're going at full speed to get them in there. Um, so we have a, a separate service, our tag import service, where that data can be assembled in a CSV file, an Excel-based file, and uh, we can run a test and, um, and drop them into the model. And if we're comfortable, we can then uh, permanently apply them and save them into that model. Um, and that, it averages, uh, if you just add up all the time it takes to prepare, it drops you down to about 15 seconds per tag uh, rather than 60 seconds per tag. So quite a, quite a time saving. So this is the, thank you, Scott. This is the home plan uh, service for importing and exporting Matterport Matter tags. Uh, uh, Scott and I did an entire show on this topic. If you go to the, if you're watching on our YouTube channel or elsewhere, if you go to the We Get Around Network forum, uh, wganforum.com, uh, you can either type in the search box Matter tags or home plan, uh, search for the show, um, it's a deep dive into the use of uh, Matterport Matter of importing and exporting Matterport Matter tags, and it actually makes doing museums possible without the, the pain and suffering of of what adding four hundred Matter tags manually would 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 feel like. Uh, Scott, let's jump into uh, uh, pricing. Okay, I'm. Uh, uh, you showed me pay-per-view. What's this going to cost me or what's this going to, as a service provider, or what's this going to cost the muse, museum, historic site, attraction, the gallery, the nonprofit? So I'm just pulling up our, um, our Go Virtual page, which is our um, site within our global services that so, explain. So let's point this out while you're here. You're on homeplan.nz, homeplan.nz nz or nz uh, forward slash go virtual or select the, the tab up at the top that says global. And that's how you ended up uh, picking uh, pay-per-view out of that menu. And, and that's the page that we're on. Okay, great. Correct. And given that we're, um, we're innovating in this space, I'm fairly sure if you start Googling things like Matterport pay-per-view, we'll be at the top of the list there. Um, so this part, you know, today's Thursday, May 14th, 2020. Scott, as far as I know, Home Plan is the only pay-per-view solution for Matterport 3D tours. So uh, uh, to your point, Google pay-per-view Matterport, uh, you're going to end up on the Home, home Plan page. Uh, so this uh, particular site, it does give you a, a short uh, video that just explains it and takes you through the screenshots and the like. I'll leave you to explore that. Um, but you asked about pricing. We talked through here, much like we talked through what's involved um, and a few hints as to what we recommend you do to enhance the virtual experience. We've actually done a full article this week on this. Gives you a few more ideas to think about. Um, and as we come down into pricing, um, I guess the first comment before we talk about the service pricing is the question of how much should I charge? So 
it's completely up to the host, uh, the person who's engaging us to decide the entry fee um, and, and what the payback is. It, it's going to take a bit of trial and error, I think, to get that math right. But ultimately, the richer the experience uh, for the visitor, the higher the value proposition for them, and that was what will determine the entry fee. Um, what is it going to cost you? So we've got two options here. Our pricing is done per transaction. So every visitor, um, rather than having a monthly subscription fee or a setup fee, all, all that is um, you know, free setup. Um, but as the visitors come through, we deduct a fee off the entry each time. And, and there's a good reason for that. Um, our fee, um, in fact, a very high percentage of our fee is actually the, um, the Stripe payment fees that get incurred anytime you use a credit card online. Um, and it's the best way to structure this so that if you um, don't have many visitors, you don't pay much at all. And um, if you get a number of visitors, then of course we get the payback for our service and uh, you're getting the, the remainder of that entry fee. Um, so using a very simple example, if you were to charge a $10 entry fee or just under $199, uh, we would be deducting our, um, our transaction fee from that. And you get in the region of $8 or just under as a net proceeds from that particular visitor. Um, this is the standard uh, version of the service. So um, there is also a premium version. Excuse me, uh, Scott, if you, could stay, if you could stay on the service pricing for standard, pay-per-view standard, and uh, the, the print may be a little bit small for, uh, for those watching on a smartphone, maybe you could go through what those bullet points are. Sure, that might help a little bit. Um, so under our standard service there, um, I've just noticed I need to uh, correct uh, one of the fees there. We'll, we'll focus up here. Um, 149 plus 5% um, free setup. So we'll guide you through the process to, um, to have your pay-per-view go online. It can actually be done relatively quickly. Um, it's more about the advice that goes with it to make sure you get the maximum um, bang for your buck. Um, if the tour is not popular, uh, then no fees are incurred. Um, under this option, um, we do a monthly payout into the host's Stripe account of the net proceeds. And of course, as mentioned, uh, this uh, fee covers the Stripe transaction fees that are incurred on the transaction. Um, we do, however, um, require that uh, for a pay-per-view for us to host it long-term, it needs to have visitors. Um, it can't sit there with no visitors. So a minimum of five paying visitors per month to continue to be viable. We just monitor that and just start talking about it if it's not hitting those numbers. Okay, and so what, what is, uh, uh, what, what's in the, uh, what do I get for premium? So um, under premium, you get the same um, setup as the standard. Uh, we also, within that, offer to host the 3D tour, so it sits on our account, so there isn't any hosting fee associated with it, and we move up to a weekly payment cycle. So this is designed for the higher throughput type tours. The other advantage under premium, I mentioned before at the top of the pay-per-view, there's a, a home plan logo. Um, we can actually change that to being the host's logo. So it's not quite um, white label, but it's very close to being white label branded for it. 
and it's just a slightly higher requirement, um, 10 paying visitors per month to make it viable, again, because then we need to cover the hosting costs of that tour. Uh, great. While we're on this page, how about sliding up and let, let's talk about the summary of the best practices. Uh, what, what are uh, home plan uh, NZ recommendations for the best uh, virtual tour uh, pay-per-view experience? So just uh, running through these uh, bullet points that are on the screen at the moment. And by the way, these these are things that we can do, but we actually encourage the 3D technician who's working directly with the host to do them. Um, because that's, um, you know, we, we're here to help build your business, um, create some work uh, for post-production, we call it, um, once the, the scan has been captured. Um, so, so first is to uh, remove all the distractions and focus on what the visitor's in for. It's not about having the most scan points. It's not about um, allowing them to go into the laundry <laughs> um, or into the toilets. It's about what does a visitor want to experience here? So they don't, you don't want the visitor to be confused. You want them to take a logical sequence through a particular place. Unless, of course, the whole purpose of the walkthrough is for them to explore. Um, we we um, were delighted to have a six-story abandoned castle. Um, that was the Lithuania example I mentioned, uh, which was brilliant just to explore and go around. But ultimately, only include the things in there that you think uh, a visitor is going to want to do or see. Then on top of that, as you saw in the example we gave, enrich it. Um, use Matterport labels, tags, videos, images, highlight reels, all those things work within the pay-per-view. Um, use them to help guide them through and, um, and sort of spend a bit more time exploring. Um, I, I love the quality of Matterport uh, 3D scanning. However, if it is a scan of a placard or a poster, it's actually a bit grainy to read. It's not designed for that purpose much better to let them click on a button and get the, the clear text or a clear image of that stuff. Um, and that, that runs on to the next point, ensure it's visible. And um, I think what we'll see through the services, uh, current walkthroughs that may have not many tags, will now have 100 tags of them as people adopt this type of practice. Get the stuff that they want to see and make sure it's visible. Um, I'm a great supporter of uh, Chris Hickman and MP Embed. Uh, we use it a lot, uh, not just in exhibitions and museums, we use it in lots of operational cases because you can do so much with it on top of standard Matterport. And you saw some of the features there that are, are to me, they're, they're almost mandatory. We've got other tours that run background music while you're going all the way through. Um, you saw there about the position activated narration and additional comments. It's just absolutely brilliant. And plus, um, with MPMBed, you can do things like change um, color settings, um, you know, shot by shot. Allows you just to fine tune, fine tune, fine tune. And uh, I'll point out that uh, We Get Around has done, WGAN TV has, has done a, um, a show with uh, MP Embed developer Chris Hickman. So again, you can find that in the We Get Around Network forum, just uh, uh, do the search box MP embed without that slash MP embed uh, or um, uh, yeah, I think that would be great in the search box. Read more about M MP embed. And the, the final point, Dan, is um, uh, creating digital content and putting it on the web is like throwing a diamond in the ocean. 
um, it's it's really important to promote what you do. Um, don't don't expect to create a pay-per-view virtual tour and publish it once on on Facebook and and everyone will flock to it. Uh, just like promoting a physical venue, it takes time and effort. So um, all the normal things you do to promote around uh, paid advertising, Google AdWords, um, wrapping the website around it so it leads them into that purchase point is all very, very important. Uh, cool. Um, Scott, can you talk a little bit about maybe some features that you haven't talked about but are coming, coming soon perhaps? Yeah, we've got some stuff um, happening right now, and and I'll, I'll please don't quote me, but it should be this month is what we're aiming to get this uh, back to the market. We launched very quickly. Um, we launched very quickly because we saw um, the the need out there, and we also know it's going to take time for people to understand the concept of pay per view and get their tours ready for it. Um, so the first release has a couple of restrictions on it that's out there at the moment that we now have some enhancements and development. Um, the first exciting improvement that we've got, in, uh, got coming is support for uh, Captured. Uh, so Captured is a separate overlay um, provided out of Australia by Steve and the team. So this is C-A-P-T-U-R-3-D. And again, you can read all about Captured in the We Get Around Network forum. And I also had uh, Steve Kunis, the, uh, one of the co-founders on the show for an entire week talking about all the features of Captured because it really is a Swiss Army knife content management system, amazing solution, yeah. And that solution has a very nice and smooth uh, front-end uh, capability. It also integrates with all those great Matterport features we talked about. Um, so that support for that platform is coming very soon. Um, but the biggest um, request that we've had um, and that we now have in development, I've actually seen it working, is multi-currency support. So the first version uh, that we released uh, was restricted to US dollars only. Uh, so we now have uh, the ability coming to select any currency, any currency you would like um, on that tour, and it will charge in that, uh, in that currency, which allows you to localize um, the, your audience and what they're expecting to see. And that includes um, automatic management of uh, sales tax on the front end, which is a very complicated um, topic, um, but where sales tax uh, is incurred, it will automatically add that to the price. And will this, the sales tax, uh, the appropriate sales tax be remitted to the appropriate agency or is it just collected and uh, you can run a report on how much money you owe whichever agency it is that that, that tax is due? Um, we, we could probably do a, a week-long set of segments on the application of sales tax to digital services worldwide. Um, I've learned a lot about it in the last few months. Um, Ultimately, I'll keep this really brief. Um, the sale of the ticket is a contract between uh, the purchaser and home plan. Uh, therefore, the what determines if sales tax is due on it or not is the purchaser's location and the tax status of home plan in that location. So with the enhancement that's coming through, that all gets automatically worked out. So if you are in New Zealand, it will add GST tax to it. Um, if you are in the UK or in Europe, we are registered for VAT in that area. Um, if you are in the US, 
our system will tell us if we have a, it's called a nexus uh, for sales tax arrive and we need to register in that state. So, so basically, yeah, I know, I know. Um, I know this is super important because we all want to be, uh, you know, stay legal, uh, but boy, can this make your eyes glaze over. So I'm super excited that it sounds like you, you figured out the puzzle. And so for the end user, if they're charging $8 US or eight euros, if there's a tax or a tariff or an excise tax or whatever it might be, it'll automatically be added to the price of that ticket. Correct, and then as we set up each tour with each agent in each country, we'll have that specific conversation with them as to the tax status that needs to be applied to it. Okay, you know, I, I, Scott, we have a professional tra transcript service that trans transcribes our shows that we put uh, in the We Get Around Network forum, so I, I may have to spell out for them the sound of, of what that is to, to go on our, our transcript to illustrate the story. But well, let, let's move on to something more exciting. So they, um, we, we have two other um, enhancements coming through um, this month. Uh, one is multi-ticket um, purchase. So at the moment you can purchase one ticket uh, with the new interface for the um, payments. You can select to buy 50 tickets and get 50 tokens for a school virtual trip or the like. Um, the uh, the final pause, pause there because that's a whole nother application. I think that's brilliant because I mean while you were you know talking about nonprofits or I say you talk about a museum or a gallery or an exhibition or a historic location or a tourist destination, then there's something that slices through that is two dimensional. That I would say now you apply nonprofit on top of that that becomes interesting. And I think now you added a, a third dimension to this as soon as you say multi-ticket sales to be used for school group. Because um, I, I, think, I think it's really important as a Matterport service provider that we say that to our, our museum. Imagine uh, having group ticket sales to the, to the school and you have special pricing for them. We can accommodate that. We can run off those tickets for that group where they Absolutely. can buy it. So yeah, yeah. super um, excited. Yeah, that, that, that's a big one. And it was um, between multi-currency support and um, multi-ticket, that, that was our primary feedback from, um, from, from uh, those who were involved in the beta testing and in the early stages. So that we listened and it's, um, it's on its way. Okay. Uh, other features coming soon? Oh, we've got one other um, which is being included, and this might sound like a, a small thing for now, but it also opens up additional applications. Uh, and it sounds a little bit funny. Um, we're including the ability to have a free pay-per-view to it. Um, now, the, the, the application there, um, of course, one is just, um, as people are signing up, we want to give them the ability to look at it without incurring the cost as set up. The system didn't do that for version one, it does it in version two. But if I, I jump back a step and it starts to lead into the sort of open archive service that we're developing, the really cool thing about the pay-per-view platform that we've delivered is that it conceals the URL um, of the Matterport model. So if you, um, if you intend to have a model, um, you want to be able to give people access to it, but on your terms, you don't want them to copy that URL and take it elsewhere. 
the pay-per-view platform does that. Uh, that's sort of at its heart. Um, now that has lots of applications in the world, doesn't it? Because the ability to restrict distribution models is very poor at the moment. The, the public-private functions you have are not um, very exhaustive. So uh, we are moving in a direction that may in future let us have this type of platform be used for access to restricted models, but not on a pay-per-view basis. That works for me. That sounds very exciting. Um, any any particular top three use cases of that? Oh, I, I, we, we, um, I, I can't share the... <laughs> the types of models we do that need that requirement for exactly the reason as to why they need that requirement. But uh, government installations, any place that um, you want to have a digital record of, but you can't have it free to air, um, and you can't risk um, someone just getting the URL and taking it forward. I mean, there's, I don't know what percentage of people's business that is out there, but for us, it's a good percentage of our business in that category. Well, I think it's very interesting. I mean, I'll, I'll suggest when uh, you, you, you go uh, sh shoot the, the set of a TV show or a movie and you want to make it free, it's companion content for the cable channel to say, hey, take a backstage tour, but you don't necessarily want to charge. On the other hand, you don't necessarily want everybody to have access to that. You only want them to view it on the cable channel's website. Would that be an example of an application? Yeah, absolutely. And um, so what, what we, the reason we're putting that in this release is to help people on board to the pay-per-view service, but it also provides us a gateway in the future to providing a more of a sort of monthly subscription type service for other applications. So we're still thinking. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, uh, what else is coming? Well, that, that that's what's in the pipeline at the moment. Uh, we're pretty keen to... Um, work with some um, some initial adopters and help them lift those models to that experience level and get it more popular. Uh, once it's out there more, then again, we'll just keep looking and see how else we can integrate. Okay. Uh, I, I think I have a wish list item for pay-per-view. It would be a, a gift card or e-gift card. Um, and the way I think that might work is uh, I've just experienced the tour I was so excited, I wanted to share it with. And so as I exit through the gift shop, I have the opportunity to per perhaps purchase or, or maybe even on the, the landing page where we first purchased the ticket, there's a box that says gift. And as soon as I click on the gift, it's gonna send that ticket to someone else with some pre-message that I can maybe change to say, hey, love this experience so much. I just thought you'd want to, here's your ticket for you to go see it. Um, and, and that could um, be facilitated now or the majority of what you're asking for there um, through the host's website. So when a pay-per-view tour ends, when they click the, the big red button or it runs out of time, it redirects them back uh, to a nominated web page on the host's website. So that can be a thank you for visiting page. It can be a page with other offers. And of course, then um, that would allow us to have a coupon type um, set up there if we, if we wanted to. Okay, cool. I mean, the low tech, I can certainly purchase it, copy, copy the code and email it and be done with it. Um, but maybe to inspire people to actually 
gift the experience. Um, I, I think before we move on, the only thing that, that I think I wanted to add to this experience so far is for all our Matterport service providers is, uh, who are watching this show is think about what con content that you have created uh, that in this age of COVID-19 where people can't come uh, physically be someplace, maybe you already have the content that you can go back to your client and say, I know we made this free, but maybe there's some people who'd be willing to pay because you're closed and they're still supporters of, and you still need to make money even though you're closed. So maybe they've, you've, they've, you've already shot a historic site or a museum or companion content that's been free for whatever reason, but maybe the client could still make it a pay-per-view uh, maybe you still need to trick it out uh, in, in terms of more matter tags and, and enhancement. Um, but you may already have the content and the motivation may be there that, that the nonprofit that you shot the space for wants to give something to people making a donation. So essentially you're selling tickets, whether they redeem the tickets and take the tour or not, you've still given them something of value to tour the space in exchange for making a donation, which is that buying the ticket, buying that token. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, talking about Matterport service providers, or I just call them 3D technicians this day, given that there are a lot of Matterport operators who aren't service providers officially. Um, the, those who have been around for a while and using the technology for a while, uh, they know all these capabilities. They know you can use tags and you can put images in. Um, but what they may have lacked is a client willing to pay for it. And um, I, I'm speaking from the heart here. W when you're out there doing scans of houses every day and you put two or three tags in them to say hello and here's the oven, um, it can become a little bit mundane when you know the platform can do a lot more. So um, the, the, the reason it was hard to then convince a museum or a venue to invest more in your time to do that enrichment is that there was no real payback for them for that additional investment. So now what we're saying is there can be, saying we'll create an experience. And what we want to create a sense of out there is virtual tours are cool. Virtual tours should be free for lots of things. Virtual tours should be used for advertising. Virtual tours of cool places that people want to do for it should stay that way because that helps us all along. Create a new level of experience for your virtual tour. Invest the time in it to make it something that someone stays in for 10, 20, 30 minutes. And there should be a payback um, generated for that. Um, it's really as a platinum standard that you're aiming for um, to create that experience. And it's gonna create the opportunity for lots of people who are struggling. Um, to, to, to monetize in today's world, um, to, to claw back. Terrific. Scott, we, we, we talked about home plan, uh, today's show about uh, the paper, your pay-per-view service uh, of Matterport 3D virtual tours. We talked briefly about the home plan Matterport exporting and importing automation service. Uh, you have something else coming, uh, open archive, uh, could you speak, uh, uh, give us a tease? I know you're gonna, you've uh, graciously agreed to come back on our show, 
talk about open archive, but uh, maybe you can give us a tease, a taste of what's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I mentioned before, you'll see how all these things relate to the triangle of things that we're doing at the moment. Um, so our, our next service that uh, we've got in development now is a service that is for high avail availability but low usage models. So the um, again, we could spend a week talking about uh, Matterport licensing, how it's changed, what's fair and what's not. That's a different um, show. So, so I, I got, I have, uh, I have a need for five thousand models. Maybe I needed to to scan for insurance purposes uh, five thousand locations, and I only need to look at those models in the event of a claim. I'll 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 tee that up as an example. Um, what what does Open Archive do for me, who has five thousand models that only need to be viewed on demand? occasionally? Uh, so Open Archive will let you have a, um, a, a concurrent total that you work to across those 5,000 models. So you might uh, allow 100 or 25 concurrent uh, models within that 5,000 to be active at one time. And um, avoid you having to have all 5,000 of them active just in case you need them. Ah, so if Matterport is charging in tiers of up to 25 active models, up to 50, up to 100, uh, then I literally could have 5,000 models, but only allow up to 100 to be active at any one time. So now, even though I have 5,000 models, I have a way to to keep my bill down based on how Matterport uh, presently charges. Correct. And I imagine there's some interesting way of calling up those models uh, on the front end without understanding anything about how Open Archive does this on the back end. Yeah, yeah correct. It's actually um, for those who um, have a peek inside pay-per-view, you'll see there's um, there's some synergy there between what we've done for pay-per-view and what we're doing for Open Archive. Um, it's a similar concept. You you go to a model, you request access, you get granted access, you use it for a limited time, and then it closes off again. Um, so what what we've built allows us to treat the active licensing model um, to treat those active licenses as concurrent models. It's very exciting. So I imagine you on all three of these applications, you're using the Matterport API, their SDK uh, to accomplish this. So it's very exciting to see that third party uh, uses of, uh, of Matterport's uh, API SDK. Um, Scott, before we say bye, anything we haven't talked about that we should cover today? Anything I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? No, no, Dan, you're very thorough and I always enjoy coming and talking to you because you, you, um, you put on lots of lenses, which is what this needs, and um, really um, encourage people to, to look into their local communities and see the applications that could come from this. Um, don't, don't expect to to grab a model you already have and people will just start paying to access it. 
um, think about the value add that you as an experienced 3D technician or Matterport service partner could be adding and develop a proposition around it and we'll, ha we'll, we'll help you through. Um, the only issue, uh, only area, sorry, that I don't think we've covered, Dan, is how you sign up. Um, we do have a formal booking um, set of forms coming. Um, they're not here yet. Just contact us through our website. There's a page there to do that. Um, it is relatively straightforward to get going because all the terms and conditions are online. Um, we'll talk you through the process as to what you can do and choosing how long your tour ticket should last for all those things um, and get you underway. It would, it, we could literally get you up and running within a day. Terrific. Scott, thanks again for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, we've been visiting with Scott McKenzie. Scott is the director of Home Plan NZ in Lower Hutt, New Zealand. Um, also a, a service provider. I think you're busy with five or six cameras uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Lower Hutt, New Zealand. And I think you just got the okay that you uh, can uh, actually start scanning again uh, coming out of uh, COVID-19. So uh, good news for you. Uh, so I should say stay safe. Uh, so for, for Scott uh, McKenzie, I'm Dan Smigrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum, and you've been watching WGAN-TV Live at 5.